with a lot of these new new technologies and the automation uh, of a lot of these processes and things you you can't continue doing it the way you did it you, you have to jump on board you've got to learn those new workflows and and what a lot of organizations find is is it helps them be more productive Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant, and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast sponsored by Applied Software. You're invited to join our construction innovation adventure with a mission to propel this great industry forward. We are recording a special episode on a couple fronts today. First, I'm joined by two guests to unpack the highlights and themes from Applied Software's Digital Agility Summit that focused on helping to build digital resiliency for AEC firms to ensure a successful digital transformation. I got the honor of emceeing the conference and it was jam-packed with a whole bunch of information. I'm joined today by solutions engineer and cloud infrastructure strategist, Jason Smith, and the director of innovation at Applied Software, Christopher Riddell. He's also the host of our sister podcast, the AEC Disruptors. And that brings us to the other reason why this is a special episode today. It is our first official crossover pod between Bridging the Gap and the AEC Disruptors. So let's jump right into the conversation. You guys push me along the way you want it to go. I'll take your lead. I'm just you know, gonna let you talk. You know I can talk. So. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I feel bad about We're say that. This is I our, our first crossover be. podcast, and Jason, you're, you do all the talking. It's like, hey, look, look at this mashup. Now Jason's gonna talk for 45 right. minutes. <laughs> you're making me feel bad, guys. Come on, I'm not. I'm trying not to all the time. <laughs> all right, well let's uh let's do this thing. So we just read our intro. Christopher, exciting that uh it's our first crossover pod. This is this feels uh like a big moment. Absolutely. I mean, I've had you on mine, I've been on yours, and then I think you tried to steal the show from mine. So I've been on yours <laughs> <So> this, twice. <laughs> this was our, our, our way to conference. I could still have control of the mic and still talk to you, so it's great. Yeah, we both have our own mic. I mean, you're the host of the meeting, so I guess technically you're the supreme ruler, but commute them all. One room, <laughs> rule them all. <laughs> One no, I'm excited about a mashup, but uh, no, this has been great. I'm excited to uh, see if we can talk about this event. Yeah, absolutely. So bringing in Jason, uh, the one of the big masterminds behind Digital Agility Summit. Welcome to the show, Jason. You've been on uh, Disruptors, but welcome to Bridging the Gap. Good morning. Good to be here. How y'all doing this morning? Doing right. good. We're uh, I'm excited about how digital agility went yesterday. So a uh, couple, well, when we're recording this. It was yesterday when we released it. It's yesterday. not going to be yesterday. So spoiler behind the scenes. A <laughs> uh, couple. It can fun. always be yesterday. Just go watch it on demand. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's true. A uh, couple fun facts before we really dive into everything about the the conference. So uh, digital agility summit was yesterday. It was our first virtual conference that we had in this area focused all on uh, digital transformation in AEC. We had over uh, close to 200 executives that registered for the event coming from 26 states around the country. And we were in nine countries total. So we are a, a global conference on the first time out the gate, which is super exciting there. That's awesome. Yeah, it's impressive. Jason, to kind of get everything going, uh, so Digital Agility, it's the name of the, the conference. Mm -hmm. how, does, 
how do you define that? What does that really look like to you? You know, we, we get asked that a lot and it means so many different things to different organizations, but I think the key is, is, is taking um, whatever technology, you know, it, it can be technology, it could be processes and making your organization better, you know, uh, making it more productive, uh, automating things, um, moving things to, uh, be more resilient, um, you know, agile. I, you know, you're, you know, making it so that you're able to make moves and and, you know, um, get to uh, get to a point where, you know, things don't disrupt as much as uh, maybe historically they have. Um, so looking at those different technologies that can enable that throughout your organization. And you know, for the digital agility summit, we really focused on the infrastructure part of it. Um, so, uh, data storage, virtualization of your, uh, you know, remote workers, um, things that you can do to uh, increase their productivity, um, things that you can do to enable your organization when something like COVID happens. You know, from you know, that's been the big thing, you know, the past year, of course. So um, it was a, you know, great event. Um, you know, we, we had a lot of help uh, behind the scenes uh, from everybody and, you know, our, the digital uh, transformation team, you know, Doug and Seth, uh, we, you know, we, we kind of came up with this idea and Doug really pushed a lot of different uh, ideas and we were able to pull all that together you know, to do this, uh, you know, it was a short event. Um, it was hard to get <laughs> all of the sessions, you know, but the ability to go back and look at them, that's going to be, you know, really great. But, you know, we were able to put together a really strong uh, mix of presenters and I, I think it turned out great. I mean, it was, uh, it was really good to see. And it was kicked off by a great keynote. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like you didn't have to know anything about technology and you still should have listened to that keynote. Yeah. It, Dan, uh, Waldschmidt, uh, it, it was, I, I, I was very much inspired by what he, what he, uh, presented. He's always high octane. It's always good. I am always, uh, really, I, I love hearing him talk and, and some of his ideas and stuff. So Oh, I um, couldn't but, keep enough. I couldn't take enough notes. And I was taking snapshots of all his slides. I'm like, oh, that's a good one. And then yeah. I would be almost done with that. And I'd be like, oh, I need to write that one down. And I'm going to pin that up to my wall. And I mean, it, it was a really good, um, he had some good lessons that he was trying to, trying to push there. I was really hoping that he was going to scream, this is Sparta. <laughs> <laughs> Just like kick over the computer for <laughs> those who don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> well, first, go listen on demand. <laughs> Yeah, listen, uh, he talks about the Sparta story of, you know, this huge armies descending on Sparta and they, they send the letter saying you can either surrender or you face our million person army. And Sparta just sends back a, a note with the one word, if. If, yeah. I love that. There's such a, a power word for only being two letters. That packs a lot of power. Well, it packs a big punch. And it makes you think, I mean, yeah in that regard, you know, if, you know, it's like, ugh. <laughs> it, it kind of, uh, 
it kind of makes you think, you know, okay, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> yeah, it had to be like an intimidation factor back to yeah, the million person you know, army. Like, oh, these people are crazy. <laughs> yeah, but no, he did. He had a lot of good points. Um, I, I was, I, I really picked up on, you know, a couple of things I picked up on was his, uh, because it's been a, for me, you know, it kind of hit home. His idea of this focused intensity and if you're going to work, you're going to work and there's things you have to give up. And, you know, and he talked about all of that. And, you know, if you're passionate about your work, you know, some people think in, especially today, you know, that, you know, overworking's bad and, you know, we put to, you know, we don't balance enough, but those are things you have to be yourself come to terms with. And if you want to succeed, you, you have to work hard. I mean, and I was taught that my whole life. And so that resonated with me, but um, that, and I, I love his idea of being weird. <laughs> That's that, those were the two main, I mean, there was tons of stuff in there, but those were the, the two main things that I really picked up on. For the simple question, is it awesome? Just yeah. any decision you need to make, is it awesome? You know, is it yeah. worth pursuing? And it kind of touched on, you know, he had those six points and one was just, you being awesome is the only rule and, yep. and just go from there. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Uh, when you bring up the uh, intensity of work, Jason, uh, how do you think that that's really been, or how has that changed or maybe not changed uh, over the last year with everybody really working from home? Well, I think, you know, and, and, you know, he made a point of this, the, that, it's, it's, what are you being, you know, what is the intensity focused on? Is it, are you actually being productive at the work you're doing? And that's, I think the key, you know, we all can work a lot. We can all put in, you know, 12 hours a day, but are you being productive? And, you know, over the last year, you know, I, I talk with a lot of different clients and, and, you know, the big concern is, is we're not working eight to five anymore. We're not, you know, in an office, we're not having specific times, we're spread out all over the place now. And, you know, the, a lot of the organizations in our industry, you know, because you have the kids at home, because you have both parents at home, you're, you know, there's things that are going on. So people aren't working, you know, we, I know, I know guys that are working noon to midnight you know, or they're working, you know, they're getting all their work done from four o'clock in the afternoon to midnight, or, mm -hmm. you know, some of them are working early in the morning, because that's the way they work. And, you know, they're working 5am to noon, and it, it's all over the board now. And I think what one of the big things that just about everybody, um, I think would agree on would be that, you know, some of the old historical thinking that has been prevalent in our industry, the whole idea of, you know, we can't work away from the office. You've got to have people sitting in those seats. We've, we've destroyed that, that, that we know that's not true. And so the idea that as long as people are getting their work done, as long as they're meeting their deadlines, as long as they're, you know, meeting the goals of the client, 
let them work. Let the, you know, let the people work. <laughs> uh, you know, let them work the way they can. They that yeah. they need to. So you know that kind of came up in the roundtable. Um, there was that roundtable. I think it was just talking about future trends in the AEC, and mm-hmm. one of the ones they talked about was, you know, I think the question was, what was something good that came out of this year versus something bad, and they talked about flexibility in the workplace and, you know, Mm -hmm. I kind of chimed in a little bit and I think it goes to your point about when we move to the new, you know, there won't be a new normal. We'll get back to where we were at some point, but now it's an expectation that I can work where I want to work. There's an expectation of flexibility, not just in terms of time, but also, you know, a lot of people have the issue with the open office, whether it was for transmission of disease or just, you know, I can't get my work done. But I think flexibility is going to be key. And really, if we start to move away from like a time and seat mentality, more to just a task-based mentality, Mm -hmm. a goal-based, where it's like, hey, I just need you to get this done. I need you to get it done by this time and go complete it. But I will tell you, one of the things, and I'm a big believer in that. Um, I'm not a believer. I don't personally have to come to an office. But one thing they brought up, and I think it's interesting, and I like to get y'all's input, was they think the this, what we're going to sacrifice and what the most concern is, is on culture, because there's a lot that gets missed by not being near each other, by overhearing somebody's issue or by overhearing a problem. So I'd love to get y'all's thoughts on, you know, we, we've learned how to work remote and we've learned how to be flexible, but are, is it going to come at a sacrifice of something like culture? The Bridging the Gap podcast is brought to you by Applied Software. With solutions for the modern project, Applied Software is on a mission to transform industries by empowering clients and championing innovation with real-world expert consultants. Their comprehensive array of solutions for AEC, MEP, and manufacturing has a singular focus, helping you achieve higher performance. With software, training, support, consulting, and custom development, Applied Software has you covered. Visit asti.com and let them know we sent you. I'll jump right in because yes, it is. Um, <laughs> no, the one of my big um, so I, I've always been a believer in mentoring, training. Um, you know, br- we bring in new staff and and you know at organizations I've been at in the past, and it was always a big point to mentor those people, teach them the way we do the work. And part of that is, you know, well, and the other side of it too is, is always learning. You know, you always need to be learning. I'm a big believer in that also. And one of the ways, you know, that both of those things happen is the walk around the office, you know, and I would, I don't, I can't tell you the number of times where I would walk past someone and be like, you know, just kind of looking over their shoulder. Hey, how you doing? And watch them and go, Hey, what did you just do? How, how did you do that? I've never seen, show me that and learn something like that. And that's just in those moments. We, you, we don't have that now. We're not seeing what that person's doing. I can't just walk up to him and be like, Hey man, what's going on? And you know, mm-hmm. we have, have to be more have, intentional. Have, yeah. yeah. I'm going to disagree with you some. Jason, on that, uh, I think that you definitely sacrifice some of it. I mean, that's again, yeah. but I don't think uh, it has to be a, a big sacrifice in it. And I think you can get around and still have a really robust, healthy culture where you still are getting that mentorship. You're still getting those touch points, 
but Christopher, you said the word intentionality and yeah. that's the name of the game there. You have to be super hyper-focused on that. And it's incumbent then on the mentor or the manager or whoever is taking on that responsibility to proactively go out and seek those conversations and have those touch points. Like personally, this last year, I, I don't think I've really have seen my team less even though I haven't really seen anybody in person in the last year, because we are always on video work chatting mm -hmm. the entire day. I think we probably even talk more over the last year than what we did when we were sitting three feet away from each other. Mm -hmm. There's some of that organic learning that I think we will miss out on, you know, you kind of learn by osmosis because there'd be times like in my past life, when I'd be sitting, I'd be doing something on Revit and there'd be somebody behind me that was asking about a detail for a completely different project type that I probably never would work on. And I'd pull my headphones out and I'd start listening and then I'd walk over and I'd be like, oh, that's kind of cool. And I'd learn something. And so, you know, there is that sort of organic uh, learning by osmosis that we are going to lose. But, you know, to your point about the intentionality, it's something we're also going to have to start to instill and teach because a lot of mentors and mentorees and all of this, we're not used to having to do that. We're able to like manage by drive, driving by. And yeah. now we have to refocus and rethink about, I have to come to you now and I need to think about coming to you on a more regular cadence. But even in your example, just there, Christopher, of being in person, you were proactive in taking out your earbuds and going. Oh, yeah. So it's still the same principle. It's just mm -hmm. in practice, it, it looks different because yep. even in the office, I know it was super easy. I always had my headphones in because I get distracted by the shiny object that's around me. So sometimes I would be disconnected. <laughs> I just want it to look like I have headphones in. No, I, I had to have the music blaring so I couldn't hear anybody else or else I would be like, Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> Creative brain. That's right. I think that that organic part though, you know, it's in the office, it's easy to roll up to someone and sure not be creepy uh, you know hey can i uh, get in on your can i remote into your computer with you and uh, <laughs> watch what you're doing i mean i i won't talk I i'll just lurk in I'm, the background i'll just lurk in the background I, I think that's the part that i i mean i think if you go about it in a you know learning a new way to go about it i think it's mm -hmm. doable it's just that part of of being able to you know uh like an architect and and people have heard me you know like an architect you know you'll get groups of architects sit down and they pull out the onion skin and they start scribbling that's not it's just not the same in this you know in this zoom mm -hmm. world um and so i think some of that we're going to have to find other ways you know and i and so some of that won't be lost because we will go back to the office you know we'll have you know to christopher's point about you know specific tasks and thing you know maybe you go to the office uh, uh two days a week and the rest of the time you're working from wherever or you know uh, one of the big things i think about the whole thing is is where we work how we work is definitely going to be different we've proven that you know we can utilize resources from anywhere and and so getting the correct talent getting the right resources and putting them to work is going to be a lot that's going to be like paramount on a lot of these organizations where, you know, as before it was, well, who can we find within a certain radius of an office, you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, so, but I do like your point of, of 
being intentional and task-based work. And, you know, the, I heard all kinds of things proposed from different people about, you know, what that office is going to look like. I think that's, you know, and there's some good ideas out there, you know? Um, yeah, there was a, a good breakout session, uh, the leveraging disruption. It was from Stan Bonnes, uh, and they talked about legacy thinking. Yep. Instead mm -hmm. of the, you know, I, I think of the the way we've always done things, uh, kind of comment that drives me I nuts. I hate. <laughs> I hate. Why Why do you do it that way? Well, that's how it's always been done. Yeah, does that mean it's good? Like, <laughs> there's this great story in. I mean, I won't go into full detail. It's like a almost like a fable. And it goes to that point. And it's like, there's a, a young mom and she's making a pot roast and she cuts it in half and she moves the other half off to the side. And then she cooks half of it. And then her daughter, who's probably eight says, mom, why do you do that? And she's like, I don't know. That's how grandma does it. So they ask grandma, why do you do it that way? I don't know. That's how I, my mom did it. They asked that great grandma, great grandma. Why do you cut the pot roast in half? She's like, I don't know why you guys do it, but my pot wasn't big enough. And it really goes to this idea of this like legacy thinking. If you don't question, like, why are we doing it this way? You're just going to continue on. And it may just be because, you know, several generations before didn't have a pot big enough for their pot roast. Yeah. And so I, I get so frustrated when I hear, oh, that's just how we've done it. I'm like, nah, <laughs> got to do it better. Well, an unpopular opinion is, and, and, there's a, there's a lot of organizations in our industry that are stuck in that. That's the way we've always done it. That's how we're going to continue to do it. And that's going to be detrimental for those organizations. You know, they're mm -hmm. not getting on board with new technology, with training on, on whether it be applications, whatever, you know, new workflows, new processes. They're, they're still stuck in that old way of doing things. And you know, unfortunately, they're not going to be around a lot longer, in my opinion. And Change is hard and scary. In that yeah. breakout session, there was a great line that they said um, of you have to have people in your organization that are comfortable in the chaos. In the mm -hmm. chaos. Yes. And I love that. It's, it also made me kind of think of Batman that some men just want to watch the world burn. But <laughs> besides, I maybe don't have the, the Joker dog. in your organization. <laughs> Uh, but I just loved it because uh, chaos and disruption seem scary. But in my mind, in times of disruption, that is the moment that you need to transform. And there's the greatest potential for opportunity when things are being disrupted. Because mm -hmm. why not change the deck? Everything is being changed on you regardless. Christopher, you had uh -huh, the, I'm, I'm going to ruin the line now, but um, disrupt yourself before somebody else disrupt you on yep. one of your episodes. Absolutely. Uh, and that has stuck with me since it's a, it's a great line. Well, you know, something else that came out of that, that's very similar is like, you know, never let a good crisis go to waste. And I mean, yeah. in, a, in a way what they're really getting at was there was a lot of people that were thrust into, I mean, there were a lot of people that thought I could never work remote. My firm can't do it. And they have since learned because they had to, oh, wait, actually I can. And so, you know, they are making the best of what was a bad situation, um, but yeah, I mean, the idea, you know, for us to be sustainable as an organization, as an industry, you have to be able to consistently disrupt yourself because the moment you become stagnant, that's when there's outside forces that are looking at you. 
you know, the architecture industry, specifically AEC, I guess, in, in totality, is prime for disruption. We have these startups that are trying to make their way in and trying to automate our work. So we need to be thinking of those things before, you know, someone does it for us. Exactly. And, and the idea that with a lot of these new, new technologies and the automation uh, of a lot of these processes and things, you, you can't continue doing it the way you did it. You, you have to jump on board. You've got to learn those new workflows. And, and what a lot of organizations find is, is it helps them be more productive. They actually, you know, and, and that's the whole idea about all of this stuff is productivity. You know, why, if you can take away a process, that, a manual process, or you can reduce the number of steps that it takes, those are things that make your workers productive. They can focus on the real work. Back to yep. that hole at the beginning, focused intensity. Focus mm -hmm. on the things that matter. Take away the stuff that, you know, doesn't matter. Um, the session on uh, that I was part of, um, the uh, enterprise file sync and share, um, you know, that idea of being able to be in the field and, you know, with a mobile device, whether it, you know, whatever kind of mobile device it is and be able to snap pictures and instantly, well, not instantly, but, you know, within seconds, have them uploading back and be available to people in the office or be able to directly share them with external people in the, you know, that you're working with and then get on your phone while they're looking at the picture while you're still standing there and go, hey, what is wrong with this? What, what do we need to do to fix this? Well, that's taking, think about how that used to happen. You know, an inspector would go to a job site, take pictures, have to go back to the office, download those pictures, write up his reports. Oh, hey, look, here's a problem. Oh, I only got a picture of one side. I didn't get picture I missed of both that corner. <laughs> I missed that corner, you know, and then have to send it to someone. He's got to go back to out to the field. Think about all that time. Now you can do that instantly from and still be there. And if they need something, you're still there. It could be pictures, it could be video. You know, being able to, to, to draw something, sketch something and, and redline it while you're standing there looking at it and have people in the office have access to that immediately. I mean, that's powerful. And, yeah. and those are the kinds of things, you know, that to me is a perfect example of, of this transformation we keep talking about because you've, you've taken all this time, you've compressed it into a little amount and now you're moving on to something else. This is taken care of, you know, not to mention all the, you know, not having to upload it back to the, you know, figure out, I love it when people, how do I get these pictures off my phone into the, onto the server you know it's like <laughs> i mean it's a valid <laughs> people yeah. go it. find go find an old yeah. usb <laughs> hope it's the right size but so again that idea of of transforming and that idea of taking on some of these new things i, I that's what this is all about the bridging the gap podcast is brought to you by evolve mep mep construction software for revit Evolve's MEP software for Revit makes project collaboration fast, simple, and more productive 
which in turn significantly reduces project risk and cost. Born from the reality of a lack of available skilled labor in the industry, Evolve MEP has transformed the MEP detailer workflow. It's time for MEP to harness the Revit platform to offer seamless collaboration like no other software before it. Visit EvolveMEP.com and let them know we sent you. You know, I'm curious for both of you, do you consider transformation as a destination or is it a journey that you're continuously on? I think it's both. I I think you have to have a vision in mind of where you're going to go because just transforming for the sake of transforming, well, what does that mean? That's quite stupid, frankly. You have to have a vision (laughs) of a destination, even if it changes, you have to have a plan. Yeah, you have to know where you're going or else you're just going to be wandering around. Yeah, you have to have a plan and you have to have a start point of what you want to get. And and it has to make a difference just just to do something, you know, um, oh, we're going to, you know, whatever it may be, we're going to do a, you know, item A. Well, why are you doing it? Is there a business case for it? Is it going to make a difference? You know, if that, that I think is the big part, but once you start down that road and you start seeing the benefits, I think it becomes, I don't think there's an end. I think you start to make steps and, and, and you begin to get better and you begin to see productivity, but then it's always going to be changing Um, because there's always going to be something better. There's always going to be a way to do it differently. And, and you have to see if that works within your process and if it works within your organization. And so I think the opportunity is, is, is that it becomes a continuous Mm -hmm. uh, improvement, you know, that you're always looking at, okay, we're improving again. All right. We're looking at, we're improving again. Yeah. You're running sprints. Yeah. Yep. And I think it's a lack of will of trying to get on that journey, or is it a lack of vision of having that clear roadmap? Or maybe it's just overwhelming. Yeah. If I had to like (laughs) my opinion, uh, my opinion, you know, when I look at some of these, some different organizations and, and talk with people, I know, um, you know, good friends that I have, Some of them don't always understand, you know, a a lot of leadership is focused on, you know, billable hours. Are we billing the client? Are we getting projects done? Well, that's, that, that's important. You have to, but you have to look at the, how do we, you know, what can we do to be more productive, you know, and, and it's not always about hiring more people. It's not always about adding a piece of technology. Sometimes it's about training. Sometimes it's about changing the way you're doing that. Again, what are we doing to, you know, increase productivity? And, you know, a lot of, you know, historically IT was not IT technology groups, whatever you want to, you know, however you want to refer to them, they weren't specifically part of the business. They weren't involved in the planning. They weren't involved in the, you know, it was like, well, we want to do this. How can we do it? And, you know, it was kind of a side thought. That's changed. You know, I mean, a lot of the leadership is coming to these uh, technology leaders and, you know, well, we need to be able to do this. How can we do it? Can you help us? And so, you know, they're being, 
brought in sooner and they're, and they're really looking at things more. Um, and, and I think leaders, you know, business leaders, uh, being able to bring the technology leaders to the table, I think that's going to help establish that. What does that vision need to be? Well, well, everyone knows what that vision needs to be if everybody's together and on the same page. You know, historically, I don't think there were. IT wanted to do this. Technology wanted to do this. Or you had silos, little groups of that, that were doing certain things very well, but not everybody knew. And now we're starting to see all that come together. And, and the leaders are trying to be on the same page and, and push things. And, so. and break it into small pieces. Because, I mean, I think for some, it's like, I don't even know how to where to start. And um, there was a really great uh, webinar on innovation where it talked about marginal gains and just increasing little bits at a time, even things 1% or 2%. And their example was a Kenyan runner who was trying to break the, the marathon under two hours. Mm-hmm. And they said they just broke down everything that that person needed to do from his shoes to what he wore to the weather to everything and make small incremental change. And you get those small marginal gains. And over time, you will find yourself making huge improvements. And I think it applies to digital transformation, small little bits, breaking down, you know, what is it that we do? Where do we want to improve our organization? And a one, you know, a 5% shift in any one area makes a, makes a big deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Dan brought that up in his uh, keynote when he was talking about his ultra marathons that when he's looking at a hundred mile race, which is crazy. I, crazy, I, crazy. I didn't think about that, <laughs> but he, he breaks it down in 5k increments. Mm-hmm. So he, he doesn't think he runs a hundred miles. He thinks he runs a, a bunch of little a lot of 5k. I mean, I can barely run one 5k. So it's still a hundred <laughs> miles. I don't care how you break it down. <laughs> just the thought. <laughs> I would just get to the end of the one 5k and start crying that I had to run another 5k. But. Yeah. Cause he, he says like, and, and that was actually a line I wrote down. It, it's like, but it, the moment you think something's too hard, it hard. automatically is too hard. Yeah. And it's just a so mindset, true. you know, yeah. it's, I, I think it's the, it's, it goes to the point of like, if you think you can, or if you think you can't, you're right. It's all just mindset for how you want to change. Yeah, that's, that's huge. <laughs> Still don't get it, but that's huge. <laughs> <laughs> what, the whole hundred mile you, run. <laughs> oh yeah. No, he was, no, it was good. Um, so what were, you, what were your thought, or what was your favorite session, either one of you that you you attended? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, so outside of the keynote, which would be my favorite part, uh, mm-hmm. if I'm going in a breakout session, I, I really resonated with that leveraging disruption that I, I brought up earlier, the standby nest one. Um, I, I thought there was just really good takeaways. So they had the the difference between a hard trend of something that isn't subject to change. Like technology is going to be a factor regardless of what you do. You can bury your head in the sand, but new technology is coming. So you're just hurting yourself if you bury your head. And then there's the soft trends that you think are the dominating thing. Like their example was Facebook being the dominant social media site. Well, it has been for the last decade, but will it be? A decade in the future? Maybe, maybe not. TikTok. <laughs> TikTok version two. <laughs> um, for me, um, 
Uh, the, I mean, there was there was good stuff in in quite a few. The the I, I'm excited about the the WVD, the Windows Virtual Desktops. Um, there was the session on that. Um, that was really good. Um, you know, showing all the benefits. Uh, you know, and and the ability to do um, you know for pooled resources and and just how easy it is now with some new management tools. Um, Whereas before, you know, historically it was a little difficult to get those things up and running. Um, but I also really like the, uh, um, oh, what was it called? I apologize. Um, Put you on the spot. I know, and I didn't, I wasn't ready. The, uh, the Microsoft uh, presentation about practical applications of machine learning and augmented reality. Mm -hmm. He had some awesome examples of, you know, today things we're doing today uh where you know um being able to optimize manufacturing processes with the use of video and pictures you know millions and millions of pictures instantly being taken uh on these lines and you have models that are you know built and and the utilization of the the ai to look at those pictures and machine learning to find flaws that even humans couldn't find. And so being able to increase, you know, productivity. That's a cool technology. Image recognition. Yeah, it's crazy. And they've taken it to even more where now you can point a camera at anything and have, you know, using machine learning, have it, you know, know that somebody's on a phone and they shouldn't be in an, in a, in a warehouse or construction safety. Construction safety. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many uses and he did a, he did an awesome job breaking all that down and giving specific examples and what they're doing and, you know, not, not the technical, how they're doing it, but you know, that, that high level of what, what's going on to be able to produce that. And I thought that was really good. And then he shared some really cool things on um, remote help. So, you know, being able to, um, assist where maybe there's not uh, a lot of technology in some of these, uh, you know, industrial places, things that are happening where people can use AR. And, you know, he, he made the comment that they're able to do this over low bandwidth, which I thought was remarkable. And, you know, literally be able to hear a technician who's across the country or across the world and see him and, and, you know, him showing you what to do and what to take apart and what to fix. I mean, that's, that's game changing, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to do that, you know, on the fly with, with an expert over your shoulder, basically, you know? Um, So I, I really, I really enjoyed that one. Um, I think that's when everyone should go check out and because it has practical application and, you know, uh, a lot of our uh, fab stuff and, and, Mm -hmm. uh, in different areas like that QA, you know, there, there, I think there's a lot of practical application there. It was interesting. You mentioned like the, over the low bandwidth, cause that actually came up in the round table where they talked mm-hmm. about one of the biggest issues that we face and things that actually sort of reared its ugly head in 2020 was how there is a, a severe lack or disparity in access to the internet. Yep. And, mm-hmm. you know, in these more rural areas, you know, these schools are suffering, these, you know, these folks who are working from home, 
just don't have reliable internet. And we never Mm -hmm. thought about it until now when everyone was on the internet and, you know, things that we take for granted, Mm -hmm. you know, I I take my internet for granted, just like I take probably my water, my clean water for granted. And it's something that we're going to have to continue to, to push forward to be able to get this infrastructure out so that we all kind of level the playing field a little bit. Yep. 100% agree. There was a uh, article I read uh, just a few weeks back. Um, the, uh, um, I, I'm probably going to get this wrong. I, I believe it was rural um, firefighters in Washington state and they're making use of uh Starlink uh, they were given Starlink mm-hmm. and they they said it was a game changer they, they mm-hmm. can communicate they can get people where they need to um, so I think we're going to see things I mean I think that's going to be that's huge actually um, they mentioned that in the round table like we need to all give money to, to Elon so we can get Elon. free internet <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah. well I mean it's I, I know he's given it out to a few and it's not free but it's there and it's, it's cost effective when you're out in those areas, you know, mm-hmm. the, the cost for satellite is, is super expensive and he's mm-hmm. bringing it into, you know, making it, you know, there is a cost associated, but it's a lot. Uh, I think it's a lot better cost than historically what we've seen. And it's faster. I mean, I've, some of the articles I've read about it are just amazing. You know, the bandwidth they're getting. So. Jason, I'm curious what tech makes you, geek out the the most recently <sighs> you can let your your weirdo flag fly here <laughs> yeah. be um, weird <laughs> so truthfully for me because of my background it's enabling um I mean, for me, it's, it's the virtualization aspect. You know, there's things that we can do now and, and I don't need a, a $5,000 computer sitting on my desktop next to me. There's things that I can do now. And, and the way that you can tie all that together, I mean, that's really what, you know, there's, you know, Google's got stuff coming. There's new stuff from Azure coming. There's, you know, new stuff from Amazon coming. And I mean, there's things that, we're not going to see this, you know, historically we've been with all of this virtualization um, and, and cloud use, we've focused on, well, I'm going to go to Amazon or I'm going to go to Azure or I'm going to go to Google. And I mean, there's, there's pieces coming that are going to tie it all together. You know, there's, there's new platforms that Google has today that you can utilize across Amazon and Azure, you know, there's things that are going to be available, you know, on the Azure side that are going to enable you to tie things together. And to me, that's just, uh, I mean, that's, that's where I'm spending all my time right now. Um, You know, there's, there's some new cool stuff on the tech, on the app side, the application side, but that's for another you know, that's for another discussion, <laughs> but I think, I, I, I think that's the future is like platform technology. Cause mm-hmm. there's all these like point solutions that work really well and being able to tie it all together to your point. Um, you know, I, I don't mind having a thousand tools that do a thousand things if I have one place to go to yeah. see them all. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I do see more of that is 
starting to, you know, percolate up. Well, that kind of yeah. goes back to the full circle where we started with having flexibility mm -hmm. and being able to do what you want when you want it and have the tools right there at the ready. Well, and that's the key that, that right there. I mean, you put it in better words than me. It's, you know, we used to have to plan, buy hardware, do all this, you know, literally physical implementation of something. Then you had to, you know, get it working and you had to tweak it. And now it's like, I mean, I can, I can implement something new in minutes, test it, tweak it in a few more minutes and deploy it, you know, I, and, and have it running and working that that's like unheard of. I mean, that, that to me is, is huge. You know, I'm, um, I don't have to wait to get users computers, you know, Oh, you need a computer. Okay. What kind of computer do you want? You know, how much power do you need? What are you doing? Okay. Yeah. Click, click, boom, here you go. You know? Um, oh, you don't like that. Okay. Well, let's try something else. Click, click, boom. You know, I, that is so powerful and yeah, there's a cost, you know, it, <laughs> there's always a cost, but that ability to free yourself from, you know, and take away steps, take away time, you know, to focus on what you really need to. That's huge. Yeah. Well, it's because we as a society don't have uh, any patience. <laughs> That's oh, we don't. We don't. <laughs> I, I started in this industry long, long ago, long ago. <laughs> when I started, we were hand drafting still. And fax machine was, it wasn't new, but it was becoming very popular. What, what's a fax and, machine? Yeah, exactly. What's a fax? You know, machine? Honestly, a fax machine of all the technology is a pretty <laughs> impressive piece of technology. When you actually think about like, I almost think sending an email is easier than let me send this thing over a telephone and you're going to get a hard copy on your side. <laughs> on the other end. Yeah. But I mean, you know, when I still when, get annoyed when people say <laughs> something about Oh, fax it to me. Like, what? Fax it to me. What? Yeah, do people you still, still use a fax machine? <laughs> it seems to be prevalent still in uh, real estate and financial. Uh, that's yep. when you always, yeah. uh, can you fax that over insurance? Yes, that too. But no, when, when, when I started, you know, clients would, you know, you'd send something to the client via fax and they could immediately do something, fax it back to you. Like, when can you have that? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, whoa, I still have to go, you know, make these changes, draw the changes, you know, well, now we've taken all of that. Look where we are today. I mean, I can be in the middle of working on something, send it to someone and, you know, they immediately want, everybody wants everything now to your point, you know, Todd, yeah. it's, it's, we've become, you know, with these and with the zoom and all of this stuff you know everything instant gratification you know and it's an expectation and, yeah it's an expectation so. you know i'll be curious if even like the the makeup of our workstation changes i mean it's already started to change but it's like are we going to get to a point because this kind of came up in one of the round tables about desktops are we going to get to a point where all we have is like a little device that allows me to connect to a virtual workstation 100 percent. that's all we have and we don't yeah. need anything else 100 percent we're yeah, we're going Andy to brought be... that up in the round table that yeah. he doesn't even buy any new computers oh, yeah. at all yeah. yeah andy andy knopf yeah he he brought up that you know he doesn't 
he hasn't bought hardware. I don't remember how long he said, but you know, he's like, it's not fun anymore. Cause I don't get to buy hardware. <laughs> you know, we don't get to buy that cool new hardware, you know, but no, that's your 100%. At some point, what you're, what you're going to see is, um, monitors you're going to see stations you know uh, benching stations places to go where you just set something down and you know pull in and go and you're good to go and um you know you you can access you these you know even today all you need is a browser or mm -hmm. a, a client or you know and that's ios android you know a chromebook um, and just give me a monitor with a small operating system built into it yeah, and I can just exactly. connect anything. Yeah. A tablet. I mean, that's going to be, you know, that that's where we're headed. You know, I mean, we're, we're there today in mm -hmm. some regard. Um, you know, you, you can access workstations while on an airplane over airplane Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. You can access a, a windows 10 workstation and do your 3d modeling, you know, well, that was unheard of you know, a few years back, people would be like, what? No, you know, well, yeah, we're, we're doing that now. So, um, what are we going to do that here? Cause I have some programs I need over. <laughs> uh, I'll make a phone call. <laughs> I need a virtual station tomorrow. <laughs> well, I mean, I've even, you know, on our personal side, you know, not, not just work. I think it's going to be relevant, become relevant on our, you know, in our personal lives, you know, yeah. um, I have a college son who needs a hefty laptop to run engineering applications. I'm not going to buy him a, I'm not, I'm not going to buy him a workstation. He's going to use his, you know, whatever five, six year old MacBook, and I'll prop up a, a virtual workstation for him and he'll log into it and do what he needs to do. You know, it's like, why, why spend the money on, you know, again, I don't like, need geez, a dad. Can I get a new one? <laughs> <laughs> can I get one with super cool neon colors? <laughs> I'll give uh, you a website to log into. <laughs> it's just as cool. Ex exactly. Exactly. Well, Wayne in the plane here, any other takeaways from the conference? When are we going to have a second one? Yes. When are we going to have a second one? In a year. Um, in It'll a be year. time to recover. <laughs> yeah, we Relax. To recover. We got MVP force. It's gearing up. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I just, you know, I, I think it was great. I really appreciate everybody's part. Um, I think the team did great. Uh, kudos, Todd, to you and your team for, uh, you know, pulling it all together. Um, and uh, I really, you know, appreciate all the presenters that were there. Um, you know, Panzura, Stambonness, uh, the Microsoft uh, people, I, it, it was great, you know, our internal people, um, and then all of the uh, um, guests we had, you know, just a lot of good information. Um, I think we've already started thinking about, you know, for next year, Part two. <laughs> not gonna lie, part two, um, um, maybe it can be bigger and better, you know, well, but uh, no, I, um, I, you know, to circle back on some of it for, you know, there's some exciting things going on, um, on in the Panzera realm. You know, we've got some things to look forward to there. Um, that, uh, you know, is going to be continue to grow um, and be, you know, really relevant uh, to 
the AEC industry, in my opinion. I mean, so uh, yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to the new, the next one. This was a great bridging the disruptors episode. <laughs> I like bridging it. The disruptors. <laughs> but yeah, we got to do another crossover pod. Oh yeah, no, we should just from now on just do two. We'll just have a crossover. It's a permanent mashup. There you go. <laughs> Uh, so my final question i always ask everybody and we're gonna do it here even though it's it's a crossover uh what does innovation mean to you i knew you were gonna ask (laughs) go first um it's finding for me it's finding It's finding something that helps you be more productive. And that can be technology. That could be a work, a change in a workflow or a change in a process. I mean, that, that really is always, you know, looking for something to improve on your productivity. That, that, that's for me, the big, that, that's for me is what it is. And I know there's a lot more to that, but simplifying it, that's, for me what it is yeah well our uh i think that's a good answer our, our director of innovation should have a, a pretty mind-blowing I have a answer. better one <laughs> I, want, I, I want a dissertation now come on <laughs> that's great all right all right how much more t- how much time do we have Lay it on us christopher let's start in the beginning the beginning of innovation starts with the letter i um no you know i honestly i look at it as uh pretty simple i think it's the discovery it de- discovery development in transformation of new knowledge, no matter what it is, um, you know, we're consistently looking for new ideas, new thought, we're developing them, and then we're transforming, uh, you know, whatever our application may be. And a new, a new internal thing that I'm trying to push us towards is this idea of explore and exploit, being able to exploit the present and your current business models and be able to explore the future so that you can sustain long-term growth and success. So discovery, what did I say? Discovery, development, and uh, transformation of new knowledge. There you go. Nice. I like it. Awesome. Well, thanks for uh, taking part and recapping the event and Christopher for doing a a crossover pod and Jason being a part of this uh, historic event. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much for having me, guys. And now it's time for my Todd takes from this episode. First take, there is power, potential, and possibility in the little word of if. So go look for your if moment. Dan said a line during his keynote at the Digital Agility Summit that summarizes it well. And it goes, if you're not willing to sacrifice for what you want, what you want becomes the sacrifice. Second take, disruption provides an incredible opportunity for growth. If you embrace the chaos, get past legacy thinking and search for ways to improve. And final take, a successful digital transformation takes intentionality to lay out a clear vision of the destination, the will to commit to the journey and trust in your team to help in the process. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software at asti.com for more information. You can listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, 
Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. As always, I'm Todd Wyan, thanking you for joining us on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Bridging the Gap is directed and produced by Todd Wyan, edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an applied software production. Copyright Applied Software 2021.